0: How did Nicholas II survive the 1905 revolution?
1: So following the 1905 revolution, Nicholas attempted to halt the rising revolutionary movement. The Tsar's government agreed to set up an elected national assembly, but still yes. none of the opposition leaders trusted the Tsar's intentions.
0: Yes, they were determined to press for far more reaching constitutional change, and that would include a representative assembly with legislative powers.
1: So consequently, um, in October, Nicholas followed the orders of Sergey Witt and issued his October manifesto.
0: Yes, he attempted to split the radicals from the moderates and weaken his opposition, right? He promised full civil liberties, uh, establishing a state duma with legislative powers, and this would be elected by a universal manhood suffrage.
1: But whilst the moderates embraced this announcement, the radicals continued to demand that the whole czar system be swept away. And this division between the opposition movements strengthens Nicholas a lot.
0: Yes, the, the liberals, right, the, became the Octoberists. They were uh, truly uh, appeased by the October Manifesto. And uh, in a sense, Nicholas was able to weaken his opposition as a whole, right, dividing it. And once before, they had this collective goal against uh, the Tsarist regime. Now they had, they didn't have that anymore.
1: And then he introduces one more measure to try and appease the masses, which are the fundamental laws introduced in April 1906.
0: They were still more uh conservative than what the radicals hoped. Um, but Nicholas he refused to drop the word autocratic, but he did agree to remove the world the word unlimited to his to his rule.
1: And he also introduced a council of states to counter the elected state Duma. It was stated that the ministers remained loyal to the Tsar and that the Tsar could veto the decisions of the Duma and dissolve it when he chose. So yes, this- the
0: laws also allowed uh, the Tsar to rule by decree when the Duma was not in session. But by doing so, uh, Nicholas lost the opportunity to work with the educated elites to forge a new democratic future for Russia, right? He could have used the Duma uh, as an opportunity to to create a new alliance with uh, the the educated elites and perhaps stir them towards accepting uh, the Tsarist regime for longer. But uh, he... He lost that with the fundamental laws and by imposing his ultimate autocracy within the, the state's dumas, right?
1: Yeah, even Witt recognized that what had been achieved was too little, too late. But there came a point when um, Witt was no longer the prime minister, because the October Manifesto was indeed a very controversial reform. And we have a new Russian prime minister, which is Peter Stolopin. And... I think this brings us into a new debate, which requires us to evaluate the effectiveness effectiveness of his policies in stabilizing Russia after the 1905 Revolution. Not only on how the Tsar um, avoided revolution, but how Stolypin helped him do that.
0: Yes, like Wit Stolypin was dedicated to strengthening tsardom. He was a conservative and firmly believed that suppression was first and then, only then, would come reform.
1: It is widely believed that the reforms of Stolopin represented the last hope that Sardom could save itself. But still, he was distrusted by the Sars government and bureaucracy.
0: He had this carrot and stick approach, right? Uh, The carrot was the land and stick repression. And this could lead us into stolypin's agricultural reforms which he believed he believed that the way forward was to abandon the whole commune system and allow the peasants to own farm and farmland uh, privately
1: yeah uh, uh stolypin argued that this would create a class of prosperous and independent peasants would farm more efficiently using modern methods of production
0: Yes, this multiplier effect, right, as this surplus of wealth within the peasantry would be spent on consumer goods, and they would also act as a stimulus to the Russian industry.
1: Yeah, this this collective ownership of land within a family, which had pervaded in Russia for centuries now, was abandoned. And now a peasant's landholder could apply to take his land out of the commune and farm it it privately. Um, A peasant could also request a consolidated block of land rather than just separate strips. Yes,
0: uh, the new peasant's bank was established to help the peasants fund the changes. And also government subsidies were uh, increased to help uh, the producted productivity of the peasants to also increase however um this 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 reforms for them to be actually effective they required uh, a peasantry which was educated and willing to uh embrace this private ownership of land right but um whilst peasant proprietorship uh grew um Productivity didn't follow. follow right, uh, the peasants they were they were reluctant to abandon the security uh, provided by the communes, and few of them actually possessed the education and the desire for self improvement.
1: Yes, yeah, some of these peasants were unwilling to accept these changes, and according to historian Macaulay, he suggests that reforms made life easier for peasants, um, but. These reforms, they did not go far enough in creating the prosperous kulak, this sturdy and strong peasant that Stolypin always referred to when talking about these agrarian reforms.
0: Furthermore, uh, regarding Stolypin's industrial policies, he aimed to keep Witt's vision alive, right? Severely repressing strikes and demonstrations.
1: Yeah, his his policies led to an industrial boom in the country with significant increase in coal, iron, and oil, resulting in decreased unemployment. Yes, but whilst
0: uh, the number of workers increased, uh, the living and working conditions for the working classes remained extremely drastic. So the wages remained low. Uh, They stagnated at the same level as 1903. And this resulted in a growing number of strikes, right?
1: Yeah, in a sense, um, I would say that Stolopin's agricultural reforms were a positive part of his government, even though the peasantry was not educated enough. But when referring to his industrial policy, it was clearly good in the sense of providing an industrial boom to Russia. But It was only successful in the short term, because in the long term, there was widespread discontent between the working classes and the cities in Russia. They became a melting pot of workers that would rise up at any moment and start a revolution, quite literally.
0: Yes. Regarding our first question as to how uh, Nicholas II managed to remain in power and survive the 1905 revolution, I think Stolipin's, uh role in the repression of political opposition really comes to play, right? So the first Duma, which was proposed by Witt, was a failure. It was the Duma of the Hopes. The elections were boycotted by the socialist parties and the Duma representatives were mostly left-wing and moderates.
1: Yeah, their proposals were extremely radical, such as transferring all agricultural lands to the peasants. And this um, would lead to escalated levels of peasants' disturbances and army mutinies. So on that same day, the Sardis missed wits. And indicated Peter Stolypin as chairman of the Council of Ministers, and now we can refer back to the second question and see how Stolypin managed the other Dumas that came afterwards.
0: So yes, in response to the question, and uh, one of the ways that Nicholas remained uh, in power was uh, this choice, right, to replace Wit and put Stolypin as. Uh, the chairman of council council of ministers and allowing him to take uh, this role in political opposition, which he did. So Stolypin used the co- the court martial system to put down any disorder and made use of the right wing black hundreds, these gangs that used violent tactics to attack protesters, Jews and activists, right? Any opposition against uh, Tsarist rule.
1: Yeah, before sorry before going into the the doom is that um uh, Stolypin himself put in action he also made in addition to to the court martial system he also made such frequent use of the gallows that the hangman's news in Russia became known as Stolypin's necktie. He promised the Tsar that he would fix um the the next round of elections after uh, with Duma to procure a more favorable Duma, um, but he did resist Nicholas calls to get rid of the Duma altogether. So he was very effective, I think, in putting down political opposition and, you know, using this mixture of repression and um, reform, a more reformist approach, uh, to stabilize Russia after the 1905 Revolution.
0: Yes, regarding the Dumas themselves, um, the second Duma, because of government efforts, uh, there was a doubled number of Octoberists, but the Bolsheviks and the social revolutionaries still chose to participate alongside the Mensheviks in these elections. The radical left, therefore, increased its strength within the Duma, and this became known as the Duma of National Anger. Why? Why did it become known as the Duma of National Anger?
1: Because Stolopin, he, he had to fight and to try his very best to win support for the agrarian reform program he had devised, which we have addressed. But he faced difficulties in gaining such support, and he resorted to passing legislation under the powers of Article 87, which stated that um, the SAR could veto any decisions made by the by the Duma and he did so whilst the Duma was not in session. Um, But when this new second Duma failed to ratify these new agrarian laws, it was also dissolved and was a failure just like the first one.
0: Yes, for the third Duma, uh, the government issued a new law, uh, the electoral law, that favored landowners and the peasantry at the expense of the urban workers and the national minorities. This new law had its effect and the third Duma was dominated by the moderate Octoberists. They agreed to carry uh, through the majority of Witt's agricultural reforms, but he, of Stolypin's agricultural reforms, but he still carried measures through Article 87 for changes in the education
1: and local government systems. Apart from discussing if the Dumas were successful or not, which in my view, it was very clear that they were a failure, um, Stolopin ended up being assassinated in the Kiev Opera House by an anarchist revolutionary, and this left the SARS government without an effective leader because Nicholas II was very weak and indecisive. So, Stolypin's death brought an end to reform and sig- signaled the return of reaction to, to Russia. Um, as well, after he was gone, the Octoberist party split into factions and Stolypin's successor simply tried to ignore that Duma even existed.
0: Yes, the the fourth Duma uh, was allowed little influence and was too divided to be effective. It refused to disband when Nicholas ordered it to do so in 1917 and continued to meet as the uh, provisional government. However, it was clear long before this that the Duma had failed.
1: So in all, whilst we see that Stalin was dedicated to strengthening stardom and proposed, I would say, very tactical and intelligence, um, industrial and agricultural policies, the social inequality that had pervaded in Russia for centuries prevented them from being truly effective in stabilizing Russia.
0: Yes, while he thought that uh, the government needed uh, repression first and then only then reform, I think while he did repress very well, right through uh, the Black Hundreds and Stolypin's neckties, um, his reform was only passed through Article 87 and wasn't actually the truly um, modernizing for Russia, Truly, yeah, because and- the social inequality uh, within the country didn't allow it to be effective, uh, truly effective under the Tsarist regime.
1: Yeah, and a more uh, holistic approach also um would lead us to analyze that the agricultural and the industrial reforms were much more focused in profits in in making Russia prosper economically than um strengthening Russia's. Uh, social social system, making the social inequality less um, apparent in Russia. So in that sense, I don't know if I would consider Stalin a very good leader in terms of appeasing the masses effectively after a revolution.
0: As a, same thing as with, right? their overarching aim being to uh, strengthen autocracy and maintaining uh, this regime. I think that would never allow them to make uh, true effective change in the Russian society. That wouldn't happen uh, with Tsarist rule. And this sentiment became clear to the Russian population, leading eventually to the Tsar's downfall. And indeed, he did survive the 1905 revolution, but the following uh, failure of these reforms also contributed to uh, the sentiment and the need for the 1917 revolution, which would eventually um, lead to the downfall of Nicholas II.